your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. couple things before we get into the meat of today's episode. So, the tease, or the announcement tease, whatever you want to call it, that I talked about on Friday, um, it looks like... I think it's going to be announced on Black Friday in four days. Um, I, I touched on it on my personal Twitter account and on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. Um, some of you have probably already seen it. So um, the rumor announcement uh, is going to be the Penguins' third jerseys. Um, I, I'm probably clear that I can talk about it now. And what the jersey is likely going to be, if this comes to fruition, um, if it doesn't, you know, come at me, come at the person that I've heard this from or, or I've seen it. It's going to be the Snoop Dogg jerseys from the 90s coming back. It, it, so they had the reverse retro last year with them in white. This time it's going to be them in black. And I believe the logo is going to be a bit different on the shoulder crest. Um, I've heard that from someone who is a bit more in the know than I am. So expect a, a different Penguins logo on the shoulder crest of this jersey and um, I, I think it's going to be announced on Friday. It makes a lot of sense. That's when the Christmas shopping starts for a lot of people. And, you know, this is also, I think, the last jersey that hasn't been announced yet. You know, the person that I know that has this information has been right on all of the other rumored jerseys that have, that have come out this year and in recent years. So, again, it's not finalized, but that is look, that's looking like that's going to be the announcement this coming Friday is the Penguins' third jersey for the rest of this year, and I think for next year as well. It's going to be the Snoop Dogg third jersey that the team wore in the 90s. Um, that would 100% be copped by me um, for the holiday season. Now, getting back to Saturday's performances, the Penguins shut out the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-0. They have now shut out their last two opponents and outscored Montreal and Toronto by a combined 8-0. And my biggest takeaway from that game Sure, it's boring, but who really cares? I mean, the Penguins, when they went up two to nothing in the first period, they didn't just magically stop skating, right? They continued to play hard. They put a lot of shots on Jack Campbell and credit to Campbell. He made a lot of 10 bell saves to keep that game from being three nothing, four nothing, heck, even five nothing. So the Penguins were not turtling like we've seen them do, you know, in years past or even, you know, a couple times this year as well. You know, they, they kept skating and they kept playing hard and while doing that they were also limiting Toronto um, with the high danger chances I believe Toronto at 5v5 only finished with six high danger chances so I don't really give a crap if Mitch Marner wants to skate around the offensive zone to the perimeter he can do that all day if he wants to same with Austin Matthews same with William Nylander who is doing the same exact thing as well John Tavares all those people if you're not letting them get to the high danger areas, that is what matters to me. And that's exactly what the Penguins did for that game. Tristan Jari made some pretty big saves, I should say, in the in the, fir- in the first period. Brian Dumoulin had this really bad giveaway that I saw. Um, basically gave it, I think, right to William Nylander's stick. 
Or it was either him or Marner. And, you know, they got lucky that Marner hit the crossbar. He had Jari beat. And then a couple of other times as well, you know, made some really big saves. And, you know, on the five on three in the third period, there's also a five on four power play, I think, in the second period where Toronto, I think, had the puck for almost the entirety of the two minutes. And Jari was basically the, the entire team on that PK. I, I was very surprised that the Penguins could not get the puck out during that time. But, you know, it just it speaks volumes to how high of a level Tristan Jari is playing at right now. You know, my second biggest takeaway, again, you know, did people really need to start panicking about this team? That's now two really big wins in a row. I said it on my Friday episode. They needed to get at least two out of four points to end this road trip. They have a chance to sweep the road trip tonight against the Winnipeg Jets, 8.30 p.m. start time. And I just thought the Penguins, they played a very methodical game where even the underlying numbers it was pretty split down the middle i know the leafs had the edge in shot attempts but in terms of high danger chances the penguins led there they also led in scoring chances for expected goals for so it definitely was weird looking at that after the game because for some of it it looked like the leafs were leading in all those categories and then i was able to check nst and then see that the penguins were actually leading in most of them but that lines up a little bit with what we saw in the first period, the third period especially, where the Penguins came out guns and blaze, and they they were not trying to turtle that lead because they know how dangerous the Leafs are. I mean, they had won nine out of their last ten games coming in, so they were one of the hottest teams in the league. And the fact that they were able to shut the Leafs down yet again, this was the second time this season that they have limited one of the highest scoring teams in the league. That just goes to show um, how great of a system Mike Sullivan runs and when it's ran to perfection, there's not much the opposition can do. Because again, the Leafs were really not getting a lot of scoring chances during this game. And I was seeing a lot of praise from Mike Sullivan throughout this game. And it's almost like, yeah, he's a top three coach in hockey. You can make a really good argument that he is the best coach in hockey. And you're starting to see this team gel a little bit. You know, it was probably going to take a week, maybe a bit more for this team to finally come together, start playing some consistent hockey. You have been seeing that ever since the third period against Buffalo. I think during that second intermission, Mike Sullivan must have woke something up inside all of these players and they have played some rock solid hockey ever since them. Jake Gensel opened up the scoring as I'm sure all of you are aware. Just a really nifty move past Jack Campbell, Brian Rustin, uh, Brian Doolin, I'm pretty sure got the assist on that. I thought Sid got the assist at first, but I guess, you know, the Penguins app also lied to me when I got the alert after because at the time I, I was I was working my full-time job, so I was I was not able to start watching the game until um right after that goal, but you know, Gensel really starting to heat up. I believe that's what, his fifth or sixth goal for the month of November. I knew he was likely going to be fine. I know I said about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I wanted to see more from him because he had a really slow start to the season. I'm going to be objective about any player that starts slow, whether it's you know him, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, whatever. But he has answered the bell. Unlike a couple other players on this team, he has woken up found his stride, and he is producing like he is one of the top 10 best goal scorers in this league because I do think when he is firing on, on all cylinders, there are not 10 pure goal scorers better than Jake in this league. So I guess the NHL wanted to wake up Jake. Probably not a good idea considering how good he is. Jeff Carter was able to get another goal this season. 
What a pass there from Jason Zucker. He has had a really good season after struggling last year. I know the goals have not been there from him, but if he's making plays like that, especially on a beautiful pass for a primary assist, I don't really care if he's not scoring a lot of goals. Yes, I understand that his contract is a lot, but he's still contributing overall to this team, unlike last year where he wasn't making any plays with the puck and he also wasn't scoring. At least we're getting one of those things right now, and I do think hopefully at some point you will start to see him score a bit more as the season goes on. I think you know him playing with Evgeny Malkin again should help him, or if Mike Sullivan wants to, he can put uh, Zucker up there with Gensel because he did throw Jason out there a little bit towards the end of the game with Sid, and it looked pretty good, and I wish Sully would give that more of a look with Gensel because I think that could be... Um, just as lethal as the Gensel-Crosby-Russ line. Overall, though, I am loving the production that we are starting to see from most of the top players on this team. Sid, I thought, also had a pretty good game despite not being on the score sheet. Again, you know, he's still getting his legs back. He had COVID. He's been injured. Given another week, week and a half, he should be all right. But overall, again, just liking what I'm seeing from the team chemistry right now. I thought it was wrong for, by some people to say this team is totally done, you know, going full panic mode. I was definitely worried about some aspects with this team, but I was not in full panic mode yet. They're only one point out of a playoff spot right now. Yes, I understand the top three in the Metro is really competitive, but they are still in a fine spot. Let's see what they can do on Monday night against Winnipeg. That's a really tough opponent. Really good goaltender on the other side with a lot of great top six talent, but this has been a really good road trip thus far, and they have some more winnable games coming up after tonight against Winnipeg. The Islanders, who have really struggled this year, Vancouver comes to town later this week. That's a team that could be making a lot of changes pretty soon. So let's see what happens here with the Penguins um, this next week or two. We still have a lot more to get to when it comes to that game against Toronto, but before we do that. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. It is called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That is DirecTV.com. Alright, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. A couple other takeaways that I had from that game against Toronto. Brock McGinn continues to play at a much higher level. I thought this was his second really good game of this past week. You know, the expected goals. Overall, all situations, he was at point four. That was second on the team to Jake Gensel, who is he's, he's always around the net, so that's never surprising. But Brock was creating a lot offensively, had a couple of really nice moves in the offensive zone as well. And you can tell that he's starting to find his stride a little bit. I know that he has been the victim of some fans coming at him during the season just because of the four-year, two point seven five million dollar contract that he signed over the offseason, and yes, I understand he doesn't have that dazzling speed that Brandon Tanev has, he's not going to throw his body around and, you know, flow his hair around or whatever like that, like Brandon Tanev used to do, but this is still a player that can contribute offensively, can play on the penalty kill, is good in his own zone, and you have seen all three of those things this year at a pretty good level. I mean, he already has four goals and seven points 
in 17 games. I mean, he's he's on pace for what? Over 10 goals, close to 15 goals, I think, for the season. If he can hit that, that would be pretty freaking awesome. And he just seems like a really good fit on that line with Aston Reese and Bluger. I'm still not ready to say if it's as good as a fourth line compared to when Tanev was on there, but um, it, it's he, they're definitely not missing too much of a beat with Tanev not there, if that makes sense. But the jury is still out there to see if it's better than what we saw last year at that fourth line. Zach Aston Reese, I thought he had another really strong game as well. I know some people might nitpick him just because he hasn't scored this year. Some people could be like, well, where's his offense at? He had his best offensive season since he came into the league last year. What's been giving? Um, I, I think part of it is just that well, A, the puck is not going in the net, and B, he's playing more defensively responsible this year, which is kind of crazy to say because he's one of the most defensively responsible players in the league. But, you know, I haven't really seen him take a lot of shots in the offensive zone or just get a lot of good looks in the offensive zone. I just don't think he's wired like that this year. That can definitely change as the season goes on, but I just haven't seen it from him yet. But again, that's not to say that he's playing bad because he's not. I mean, he's one of the team's best players and expected goals against, high danger chances against, and all that. I didn't like the penalty that he took late in the third period to put the Leafs on a 5-on-3, considering you're playing well at the lead at 2-0. There's only a few minutes left. You can't put them right back in the game. I love the effort from the penalty kill, I think. You know, in terms of the biggest differences from last year compared to this year, I mean, that's easily the biggest one. I also think Tristan Jari is making a lot more saves on the PK compared to last year, but still, not a good penalty for Zara to take there. But overall, I've I really enjoyed watching him throughout that game. You know, he was a back-checking menace for the team, and I think sooner rather than later, you are going to see him put the puck in the back of the net a bit more. Um, some other takeaways that I was lo- looking at for this one. Uh, I just I want them to continue to play Tristan Jari a lot more. I don't want Casey to Smith to play unless it's a back-to-back situation. I know that may sound weird because Jari is going to get a lot more starts than you know some people anticipated, but with how he is rolling right now, you can't take him off the ice. He even said to the media after this game, you know, he, he loves playing a lot. And for a goalie that embarrassed himself in the playoffs last year in that six-game sample size, he wants every chance available to prove his doubters and his haters wrong. You know, I, I think he spoke after this game as well that, you know, he had plenty of conversations with Ron Hextall during the offseason, basically saying that, you know, we believe in you. We're going to give you another chance. We're not going to go out and get a replacement goalie for you or trade you or anything like that. And he wanted to prove to them that they were making the right call. And so far he has done that. And then some, I'm going to mention this because I'm sure it's going to be broken at some point. Jari is not allowed a goal in 151 minutes in six seconds, dating back to the second period against the Buffalo Sabres last Tuesday. So he hasn't even allowed a goal, um, in six days, I mean, usually Jari, I, I made this comparison last week. He's pretty shy with the media. It's kind of like with Matt Murray that they both really don't say a lot. You know, I know Murray would blame himself a lot of times, but he, but even when he would do that, he still wouldn't say much. But it looks like from what I read this past week, and he was pretty giddy talking to the media because he's really excited with how he's playing right now. And, you know, how can you not be? 
He's getting better game after game. His goal saved above expected right now is now 5.1. That's just below uh, James Reimer, who's at 7. His save percentage on unblocked shots is 9.59. His save percentage overall for this season, 9.27 expected goals against, 2.53, and an even better stat, his actual goals against average is 2.17. So he is outperforming that. He's outperforming a lot of stats um, this season. His wins above replacement, 0.85. So um, that's got to be, I think, the highest mark for his career in terms of that category. And again, the Penguins would not be here right now without the play of their starting goaltender for this season. And one more thing I got to say, his technique looks really good right now. You can really see the work that Andy Kyoto has put in with Tristan over the course of the season and you know, during the offseason coming into this season as well. I've touched on this numerous times on this podcast. He's playing not as deep in his net anymore. Well, except for shootouts, but you know, shootouts I think is a different story. There's no shootouts in the playoffs, people. He's playing a lot further out, challenging more shooters, which you know he wasn't doing a lot of last season. And when he's doing that, there's not a lot of room to shoot on him. He's not, you know, flopping around in the net a lot, which is again something that we saw a lot of last season. But overall, just everything is going right with Jari's game right now. It's something that, you know, again, we all love to see. Uh, my last takeaway, I, I got to touch on him again, Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, I think it was an interesting night for him. I mean, I, I did see a couple of big hits that I saw from him that you usually don't see from Kapanen. And I'm not really someone who, you know, looks at you know, the, the hit sheet or whatever. But I thought it would be interesting to mention because he doesn't usually throw his body around like that. He also blocked a couple of shots, which you usually are not accustomed to seeing him doing. But I think he was trying to put on a bit of a show for his former team and just be like, hey, you know, this is what you traded. I thought he had a couple decent scoring chances, but the puck is still bouncing off his stick like it's a freaking grenade. So a little bit more of the same from Cappy, but also some different stuff that we saw in that game. Overall, I thought his line, though, was pretty good. Jason Zucker, of course, I already touched on, had a fantastic performance in that Jeff Carter was able to get his fourth goal of the season. I know he's into a, a bit of a yawning cage, but, you know, Zucker with that amazing pass there to make it 2 nothing. But overall, though, great performance from the Penguins. That's now four out of four points on this road trip, and they will have, again, that opportunity to make it six out of six when they travel to Winnipeg tonight, 8.30 p.m. start time. And that will be the final topic for today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'll go into why playing in Winnipeg is very hard for the opposition and touch on just what is making Winnipeg click this year because I think that's a team that I don't think a lot of people expected to be good, but they've definitely been one of the better teams around the NHL this season. But before we do that, I love Thanksgiving. It's only three days away. There's so much good food and treats, but maybe you want a yummy dessert after you eat all that turkey that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. You can replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They are low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. You can share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so please check that site often. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. So, as I've said probably 5,000 times this episode, the Penguins will conclude this three-game Canadian road trip tonight against those Jets from Winnipeg. And I'm looking forward to watching this game just because... Winnipeg has been pretty good this year, especially when it comes to the underlying numbers. They have nearly 52% of the expected goals at 5v5, but 60.3% of the actual goals. So they are finishing their chances to a pretty elite degree this year. There are shot attempts at 5v5. 50, they're controlling 52.8% of those. Usually a Paul Maurice team doesn't have the best underlying numbers, but this year they are through the roof. Again, Kyle Connor, who is going to be on Team USA if the if the league hopefully does go to the Olympics and they don't cancel, 22 points in 17 games, 12 of those are goals. Pierre-Luc Dubois has had a really nice bounce back after struggling badly in both Columbus and Winnipeg last year. 10 goals, 16 points in 17 games. Andrew Kopp has been pretty good. He's averaging a point per game. Nikolai Ehler is one of the more underrated goal scorers in this league already six goals 13 points in 17 games to open the year nate schmidt has not missed a beat i will always say he is one of the more underrated defensemen in hockey it's ridiculous that he's been traded so many times throughout his career he has 11 points in 17 games 10 of those are assists paul stastny's still there chugging along neil pionk has been a revelation ever since going to them from the New York Rangers, Josh Morrissey is there still. Uh, Blake Wheeler has still not scored this year, but I'm sure as now as I that I said that, I'm sure he is going to score um, at some point this year. And you know, in goal, you know, Connor Hellebuck, he's saving 7.3 goals above expected. And I know how good Tristan Jari has been this year, but Hellebuck has been just that much better. His save percentage on unblocked shots, 955. His expected save percentage on the unblocked shots, 945. His actual save percentage, 918. 2.62 goals against average. So um, he is killing it as he always does. He's going to be starting for Team USA in February. The Jets overall have a plus 12 goal differential. They also have 2.45 Actual goals for per 60, their goals against per 60, 1.61. So not only are they scoring at a pretty decent clip this year, they are not giving up crap the other way. That just goes to show how well they are playing defensively and you know how well Connor Hellebuck has been in net too. So this is not going to be an easy game for the Penguins. They hardly ever are in Winnipeg. This is a place where Pittsburgh hardly ever wins. Though I will say the last time they beat them there, October 13th, 2019, a 7-2 drubbing of the Jets. I'm actually going to look to see here. Zach Aston reese that was a 3.9 for him. Two of those were goals. Jake Ensel had two goals. Sam freaking Lafferty had two goals as well. Then Dominic Simone also scored two. So, I mean, the, the fact that Sam Lafferty scored two goals the last time the Penguins were in Winnipeg is, is nothing short of insane. Obviously, he will be out for this matchup as the team is fully healthy. I am glad that they haven't really um, put Brian Boyle back in the lineup just because of a PK ability. I think if you're doing that, you're basically wasting your time because he really wasn't doing a lot at even strength. We all wanted him to be better than Jankowski. He was, but... They just have too many better forwards than him at this point. And, you know, he's collecting a paycheck to basically sit in the press box now that the team is fully healthy. Outside of Evgeny Malkin, that is. Um, and for those that are wanting an update from me on Gino, nothing really yet. I mean, he's continuing to skate. I think the next step now is waiting for him to rejoin the team at practice. I don't know when that's going to happen. With December less than two weeks away, 
You have to think that this is coming soon with regards to a return to a practice session and then a return to games. I mean, I've seen rumors floated around that it could be Christmas when he starts playing. I'm not really sure, but that's the latest update I have for you all right now with Evgeny Malkin. Have not heard any definitive date as for when he's going to come back, but That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. As always, I appreciate all of you listening to this one. We will have a full game recap episode for you all on Tuesday, and we will see if the Penguins will come home with a 3-0 sweep of this Canadian trip. So thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday.